0: Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 5th edition Vampire the Masquerade tabletop role playing rules by World of Darkness. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. Listeners should know that this podcast is intended for a mature audience and will include strong language and mature themes. All content, including names, Places, events, companies, and so forth that may bear resemblance to entities living, dead, or undead is strictly coincidental. My name is Rena Henze, and for tonight's game, I will be your storyteller. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Old Ways podcast, Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle, Blood Moon Rising. I am your storyteller, Storyteller Rena, and tonight we are focusing the camera very, very intently on one particular member of our Coterie. So before we get into this special spotlight, that member of the Coterie should introduce themselves. So
1: it's me, John, I'll be playing Vince Markovich of Clan Tremere, and I'm going to do Some really important research and experiments, and it'll all be fine.
0: There's absolutely no way any of this could go horribly, horribly wrong at all.
1: None whatsoever.
0: All right, so we are opening tonight after your meeting with the hammer in his Opticon offices, and it's been a long night for you, Vince. The waiting, the pacing, meeting with, as you referred to him, Mr. Hammer, it's just been very stressful for you. And so after all of that's over, there's still some part of this night of Halloween, part of the 31st leading into November 1st, that you could maybe use... But you don't wanna be involved in the shenanigans that everyone else is getting up to because your brain is swimming. You're overwhelmed, you've been dreaming, you're exhausted. You've had some very, very strange revelations about other vampires in your clan. And you've also just been given a very important gift. And you don't wanna go to any parties or socialize or anything. You just want to go home and figure out what you're going to do to save your life and your coterie's lives as well. So you ask Marcus to drop you off at your bungalow after your meeting with William Mallet. Marcus and Katarina drop you off and drive away, leaving you at your haunted bungalow with your vial of grandmother's vitae and your haunted ghost. And you have a few hours ahead of you this evening. What would you like to do?
1: Yeah, so the first thing Vince is going to do is, you know, as he watches the car drive off, he he stands outside and waits for Max's taillights to just go out of view before he enters the house. And he's just like, I'm home. I'm home, auntie. I've got work to do, so I might be a little bit busy this evening. And he's going to head straight to the library.
0: You notice at this point that there's some discussion scrawled on your wall you'd kind of run past it in a hurry to get to your meeting earlier, but you see that someone, probably Mina, has been writing on your wall lately.
1: I recognize that handwriting.
0: <laughs> you absolutely do.
1: I recognize those emojis. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, I'll i will have to clean that off. I, I don't have time right now. It's... So he locks the door. He's like, I've got to figure out how to do wards. Uh, Karen said she'd show me at some point, but I've Got to figure that out. Got to put one of those on the door, <sighs> and just takes off his suit jacket, hangs it up, and uh, rolls up his sleeves, going into the into the library.
0: So you lock your front doors very carefully, so people can't just walk in unannounced on you anymore.
1: Yeah, no. It turns out that <laughs> procedure, I'm. <laughs> it happened once. Vince wasn't a fan.
0: <laughs> Absolutely not. So you go into your library and gently close the door. Mina has not thrown books at you like she normally does when you're gone for too long. You did read to her earlier, but she usually pushes things out on the floor or ruffles your hair to let you know that you were missed. But it's exactly the way it was that you left it in here, which is perhaps a little disturbing.
1: Yeah, and thinking back to the start of the night when the book kinda of, it didn't fly across the room, it just kinda of limply fell off the shelf. Mina, are you uh you are you around? He just looks at the sheets of paper that are accustomed to being on the table now, I think.
0: It takes about a minute, and then the pen picks up and slowly, much more slowly than Mina's been doing in the past, begins to write out don't feel good. Tired? Question mark.
1: And Vince goes back to like straight into medical professional mode. And he's just like, how long has this been happening?
0: Since you dream.
1: Me- Mina, how have you been haunting the house?
0: There's a long pause and then you get 80 years. Maybe.
1: And he's just like, okay, okay. This must be because we're related.
0: Um, And then there's a bit of a scratching and she says, connect to each Markovich in-house.
1: And he just nods and he's like, okay, so my sickness must be affecting you. You know, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, okay. I'm going to fix this because that's what I came home to do. I'm going to sit down and we're going to go through these rituals and we're going to figure out hell needs to be done to stop it.
0: She draws a little frowny face with a tear sliding down it.
1: They won't hurt you anymore. I don't know how much you know, Mina, but somebody poisoned the blood in San Francisco and that's how it's hurting me and how it's hurting you. So they, someone did this to us and I'm going to stop it.
0: Be careful. You are baby.
1: <laughs> oh, come on, I flew one time. I mean, admittedly, I didn't make the potion, but, you know, it, it, it happened. I, I managed to drink a potion. I, I'm actually not very good at some of this.
0: Be careful. Gets repeated three or four times.
1: I'll do my best.
0: And the room goes quiet.
1: All right, so yeah, Vince has the... uh takes out all the notes that he's been reading through over the last couple of nights and he's just like lays out Karen's ritual Vera's ritual and then the the notes he was given by Phoebe and he's just like I've read the first two time to have a look at this whatever this is
0: alright so you have a whole bunch of notes at this point and also books that you've collected yes since you're starting your own tome library here, because you have Karen's notebook, you have the notes and pages you took from her home, you have the Mm -hmm. notes from Phoebe Van Ness's book, but you also have the Tremere book that Alex gave you. You're not sure who it's from or who it belongs to, but Alex gave it to you earlier. You haven't really had a chance to look through it yet, though, but you have a lot of notes now.
1: Yeah, as I said, he's got the sleeves rolled up and he's sitting down at the desk to... With his own little notebook. <laughs> and he he's just going through and collating information.
0: Alright, so... Are you looking through this notebook that you've been given?
1: Yeah. It seems like it'll probably be a... If nothing else, it's not Van Ness's. So that's why he's, like, drawn to it. He doesn't want to touch her dirty things.
0: Right. It It's a different book for sure. Hopefully... But really, you don't know who it belongs to, so who knows what they've done?
1: Honestly, starting to think that I'll... Like, if any vampire lives long enough, who knows what things they become? Who knows what they do? What will will I become if I live long enough?
0: Alright, so you sit down and you start having... look through this notebook so I want you to give me a roll here to see how much you pick up and how quickly you do so you're gonna give me a cult plus intelligence as you're sitting here looking through this notebook collating notes comparing it to other things that you've read or that you know on this one there's not a set difficulty rating Basically, how many successes you get will determine Mm -hmm. how much information you pick up and how quickly you do it. So it's not a pass-fail kind of thing. It's more degrees of success. What all are you going to pick up? How long is it going to take you to do it? And so on.
1: A messy critical. Two tens, two sixes. Sorry, two tens and three sixes.
0: Oh, dear. Okay. So with the messy critical... As a reminder, what that means is that you succeed, and you succeed very well, but the beast in you has to come out somehow. Your inner monster is helping you succeed in this task. So, at least it's not a bestial failure, but you're still going to have some consequences from this role. So, as you're reading, I would like you to describe for me... How the beast is assisting you? How are you tapping into your monster nature? Or how is the beast surfacing in you as you're reading?
1: Anytime there's a mention of Kine, you know, Vince's... Vince's human-level reaction starts off being like, oh, no, I can't do that. And then the further in it goes, the, the more the beast comes out, and the more he's just like... They're just reagents. They're just chemical reagents. All that's really important is their blood.
0: Okay, so that works perfectly. So as you're reading and you're putting all of these pieces together, plus any additional knowledge you already had, you're starting to understand just how much of a cost this ritual is going to have for you. Because what you piece together with this role is there's three separate rituals for blood purification that you're going to have to combine and add to essentially so you have what is in this notebook that Alex gave you which has the name Vera Giovanni written on the inside you remember Alex mentioning that name before but you don't know who that is You know, she's a Tremere, but she's also related to Alex somehow, and Alex is a Cicada, and that's a little weird. But this one seems to be a fairly basic blood purification ritual, and you're not sure why you didn't know this one already, why Karen didn't teach it to you. It would have come in super handy in the hospital because it teaches you how to basically cleanse the blood of infection, addiction, and disease. A
1: lot of bodies.
0: Right. And so it cleans blood before it's ingested, essentially. And some notes that are appended here inform you that a version of this was used during the AIDS crisis, for example, and also during the yellow fever, during bubonic plague, all sorts of these instances where mass plague or infection was running through the herds. So that ritual is easy for you to start to understand. It's very clearly written. It's old and it doesn't appear to be too difficult. So you look at that and you go, okay, I don't need much more than my own vitae for that. And of course the blood I'm going to eat. Okay, fine. And then you add in Karen's ritual, which you discovered... That unfortunate day in the basement, okay, that one gets a little bit harder to rationalize because you remember the bodies, all the bodies, and how they drained they were, lots of bodies. And it's a little bit of a struggle for you to force your way through it, but you get through it, and as you add in this ritual, this appears to be the next step in this purification when you think based on karen's notes now you understand them better having read vera's notes right this is the next step in a ritual that karen already knew she realized that the infection couldn't be cleaned in a typical tremere ritual one person at a time so she was building on it From what you can tell, all these symbols that she put in, there's notes, there's a lot of Latin, there's a lot of blood, her vitae, but also lots and lots of human blood. But you know that her ritual wasn't successful. She died, right? So that takes you to what you learned at Phoebe's in her books. And you can barely bring yourself to touch these notes, these pages, because what happened there is still too fresh in your mind. But you start reading through them again with this fresh knowledge because it it didn't make sense before. You saw bits and pieces, but you had no foundation for it, for understanding it. And this ritual is something abhorrent to you. But by the time you've forced your way through Karen's notes and gotten here, this is where the beast rouses and starts whispering in your head, they're just experiments. They're just pieces. It's just blood. That's all they are. I can deal with this. I've got more important things at stake right now than a few kind. And you get through this ritual and you understand that this piece that Phoebe was working on for decades before this, perhaps even centuries, this piece is what was missing from Karen's ritual. This is a ritual that would allow the caster to purify vampire blood, vitae essentially. And not just in a low level moving, removing a disease that might have been picked up from the herd, but an actual almost replacing all of the power in the Vitae, cleansing it completely of an infection. And it requires a lot of kind blood and it requires life energy from those mortals. And that was what you found so abhorrent when you first read it. But now you're kind of analyzing it in the context of these other rituals that you've been looking at. And you are forcing yourself to look at it as another piece of the puzzle. And you realize that now that you have the basis of the ritual that you learned from Vera's book, you think you can combine Heron's ritual with Phoebe's ritual. Maybe using some of Grandmother's Vitae. And perhaps, perhaps, it will cleanse the infection from your own Vitae and from the Vitae of the kindred of San Francisco. But it's going to take a lot of sacrifice.
1: Yeah, with with the messy critical, Vince is kind of just like, gotta be done it's yeah I think with the messy critical he's just absolutely taking the view of he's not thinking broad you know like big picture he's thinking in terms of solving this specific problem that is affecting me and my closest family member who is dead this is the solution and that is what matters solving this problem is what matters.
0: You have seen a lot and you've experienced a lot over the last few nights. It's now November, November 1st, in the wee hours of the morning, and you are rationalizing in a way that you could not have done back when this all began just a couple weeks ago before you made your first kill, before you seen things like true death burning in front of your eyes and realized the monster that lies beneath all of your comrades and yourself. This, at the moment, doesn't feel like such a big ask. You are a monster, Vince, and you're starting to understand that. That as much as you try, the monster is still there. And perhaps the best you can do is just not give into it all of the time.
1: Yeah, and he's just like thinking about what Marcus said about we're all predators. Just to varying extents. And he's kind of like, well, maybe I can most of the time keep myself on the you know on the low end of it but that this is what I am now and this is what I do now and that this is what I need to do to to learn the things I need to know this is a compulsion I've got to know these things
0: you do you have to know and you haven't been that bad Since you were embraced. Not really. You've only killed once. You... Ease the passing of many kind. You've... You've been a good person, right? Comparatively speaking?
1: Such a good person for so long. I just... I can't help... I'm physically not that person anymore. I am now a new being. And that's... The type of being that doesn't dream. And I've got to fix that problem.
0: It goes beyond you. It's not just your unlife life that you're talking about. It's hundreds. That's got to mean something, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And from what I've been told about the Sabbat, I mean, they care less about humans than we do.
0: So if you're not around, if your kindred uh, aren't around to protect the humans, then who will?
1: Yeah, I mean hey, it's better for the occasional person to be hunted by one of us than for some kind of tyranny of vampires. You know, we maintain the masquerade, and that's important.
0: And if you have to sacrifice some kind for this ritual, then it's an acceptable cost to protect the larger group, kind and kindred in this city. Because if you don't, Then the Sabat will come in and just treat all the kind like cattle, and that won't be good for them either.
1: Arguably worse, because I was able to live a life not knowing vampires existed. Most humans don't know vampires exist, and that's because of the way we do things.
0: So you have these conversations with yourself in your head, back and forth, back and forth, as you put all your notes together and start working out the steps for this ritual and by the time you've finished putting all those pieces into place it is definitely time for bed. You can start to feel yourself becoming sluggish and bits of light filter through the dark curtains over the one set of windows in here but you feel like you've done a good job. You've learned something. You've you've made progress. You've you figured some things out. You can rationalize it. You can do this. It'll be okay.
1: I've got a plan now. All I've got to do is follow the plan.
0: So you retire to your coffin for the night. Or rather, for the day. And you feel a bit satisfied in a way you haven't in a long time as you fall asleep. But then the dreams resume. And this time... In addition to all of the all of the kindred faces and the screaming and the rivers of blood, you also hear mortals screaming. You see images of Karen's murder basement and the way these poor helpless mortals were stretched out and tortured. You see the diagrams from Phoebe's notes brought to life before your eyes and they haunt you as you awaken hours later in the night of November 1st. So I would like that rouse check from you, please.
1: The first roll was a (laughs) success.
0: So you passed, which means you only take one point of hunger. But it does mean that your hunger is now at a three. So, you're hungry. You didn't eat last night. Between the meeting with Mallet and your research and investigation and everything else, you just forgot. It didn't cross your mind. You somehow pushed your hunger to the back of your brain. But it's gnawing away at your gut right now as you sit here in your coffin.
1: Vince is kind of... He's half thinking, can he kind of use this to his just edge but also he's he does have big things to worry about Hmm. first things first Vince is going to need to feed he's thinking about it he's just like what I'm going to do I'm going to need to be sustained and in control I can't be like I was the last time I fed. This time I have to be... utterly... perfectly... in control.
0: Right. And... you don't think... that... backed blood is going to do it for you anymore? Not with this powerful hunger for coursing through your... dead veins? It's not just that it feels similar to the hunger that you had when you ate your first victim. It does feel like that. But what bothers you is that it feels like that when you are less hungry. And perhaps it makes you think of Luther that night that you saw him when he went into a powerful frenzy. It feels like that. Like you could go that way if you don't satiate your hunger enough. And you instinctively know live blood is how you're going to have to satiate yourself tonight.
1: There's only one way to do this. Just the way it goes.
0: So how are you going to hunt, Mr. Markovich? You've never had to hunt before. And the one time you did eat a live victim... Alex Giovanni procured one for you. So this is new for you. But they're not here now.
1: Alright, so Vince has got an idea. He's going to... How many people does Vince need for what he's going
0: to do? So for the ritual itself... You know you're going to need at least eight. Karen had a note about having extras in case something goes wrong which would explain the stacked corpses in the murder basement but you know that for the ritual itself you're going to need all of the blood and all of the life essence of eight humans
1: and yet Vince is entirely in a kind of I've got to solve this problem right now this is what matters solving this problem he doesn't want to feed too close to home. He He's aware that would probably be a really bad idea. Okay. So he's going to... Vince is going to go to the hospital where he works. And he's going to try and kill birds with one stone as best
0: he can. So you walk into the hospital. You're moving a little bit more... The best way to describe it would be a bit more like an animal, a bit more like a predator, just shoulders hunched slightly, eyes looking from side to side. You're not quite aware that you're doing this, but Sally notices as you walk in. She looks up from the reception desk and her eyes light up and she smiles. And then you see the smile sort of falter a little bit. Uh, Vince. Wow, it's it's been a bit. I th- thought you were still on compassionate leave. Uh are you okay?
1: Oh hey, Sally. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm still on leave. And he's kind of trying to give a, a smile, but it comes off as much more toothy than he, than he initially intends. And he's like, is uh Is Sandy on tonight?
0: Yeah? I mean, it's his normal night. Do you need him for something?
1: It's kind of important. It's, it is kind of important.
0: Okay. I, I can call him or page him. He should have his pager on, I guess.
1: That that'll be great. If you just page him to meet me in the, uh, in the staff break room, I'll just wait for him there.
0: Okay, sure, got it. And she. Pulls out her hospital issued cell phone and texts something you assume to Sandy's pager. Are you sure you are? Are you sure you're okay, Vince? I, th-
1: I think I'm kind of coming down with something, but I just. I'll be alright.
0: Okay, um, just let me know if you need anything. I could bring you some soup.
1: <laughs> he kind of does actually laugh at that. And it's slightly more maniacal than he she's ever heard him laugh before, and he's like, "That is like the sweetest thing I've heard in oh, oh Sally, you you're a gem, <laughs> you're so wonderful." Uh, no, I'll be okay. I just need to uh, take care of some things.
0: She normally lights up when you compliment her, but she's a little, maybe not scared, but confused, and she just says, "Okay, Vince." Okay.
1: Yeah, and so Vince is going to, uh, again, make that slightly more toothy than normal smile and make his way to the break room.
0: So you go to the break room, and there's a couple other nurses who are packing up, going off shift, and they're heading out. And they wave at you, kind of distractedly, not really paying attention as they put on their coats and take their lunch bags, all that sort of thing. Within a few minutes, you have the room to yourself. Do you do any kind of prep work? Is there anything you need to do while you're waiting for Sandy?
1: No, not really. He's just going to sit at the table.
0: So you sit. The fluorescent lights get a little bit harsher to your eyes as you wait. You can feel the rumblings in the back of your skull. This hungry being back on the hall you can smell the sweat and the chemicals and the drugs but the blood you forgot how you were surrounded by this smell every night and you wonder how you were able to work in this place surrounded by temptation just the scent overpowering you night after night. And as you're thinking these thoughts to yourself, the door opens and Sandy walks in. Sandy's this big, muscular, red-headed man. He barely fits into his scrubs. He got the largest possible size scrubs, and they still look too tight on him. He's one of the orderlies usually comes in to help with difficult patients. And he just walks in and looks around yo Vince what you need you feeling okay man
1: and like Vince has been tapping his foot on the ground as he's been waiting on his own in the room he's like just been nervous twitch kind of tapping and he looks at the camera in the break room and he's like oh I just had something a favor to ask well first things first I came in and I wanted to Pick up something from my locker. I'm still on vacation, but I want to take care of that. But second, and uh, I would like to use the power dominate. <laughs> so my plan is just be like, meet me in the empty parking lot two, two blocks down in 20 minutes. Be there.
0: So you make eye contact with him and your eyes turn slightly yellow. And you... He just looks a little confused. Uh, yeah. 20 minutes, sure, man. I I got my smoke break coming up. Okay. And he turns around and walks out of the break room. As if he's not quite sure why he went in in the first place.
1: And, uh, yeah. Vince immediately gets up and goes to his locker, takes... Something small, something petty out. Uh, he would have left a photograph in there of himself and his buddy, himself and his buddy Robin. So he's going to take that photograph and just be like, yeah, that's what I. I just wanted this for my desk at home. I missed it. So, yeah, he's just going to take that and uh, be seen on camera to be putting it into his wallet. And folds it up, puts it in his pocket. And is out of there.
0: So you leave the hospital and Sally kind of half-heartedly waves at you like she's not quite sure if she should talk to you or not yeah
1: Vince is just like I'll see you soon Sally thanks very much and thanks again for the offer of the soup and he's just like really like a little more intense than normal when he would have said that
0: just go home and rest up Vince okay and she gets a call on the desk phone and turns her attention to that as you walk out of the hospital and i assume you're going to your meeting spot yes
1: yep Vince is going there and he is he's chosen this place because it's just a car park like a parking lot down the street that's not the best it's late night it's not very well lit and uh as far as he's aware there's not a ton of cameras so it seems like a pretty good place for what he has planned
0: yeah it's pretty dark pretty isolated you don't have super great lighting in there around the hospital area do you do any other prep no
1: I think I think Vince is gonna be okay with what he has to with what he has to do now
0: so you wait for a few minutes, and at the appointed time, you see the hulking figure of Sandy come walking up. He's wearing a light jacket over his scrubs. He's got a cigarette in one hand. He's looking around, a little in confusion as to why he's out here, but he's his feet keep moving him despite the confusion on his face. So, uh Vince, we were supposed to meet here, yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sandy, I want, what I wanted to talk to you about was those missing drugs from the pharmacy. I know, look, I know you thought it was me for a while, but come here. I gotta tell you, what I gotta tell you is pretty private and I'm kind of scared.
0: And the confusion disappears and he looks a bit more alert and focused. Oh, you figured out who did it then?
1: He's like, I think I've got, I don't have definite evidence, but I've got an idea. I need you to look. And he's like, that's the reason I didn't want to meet in the hospital. I just.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I got it. And he comes up close to you and just sort of crouches down slightly because he's so much bigger than you are. Mm-hmm. OK, this is between us. So uh you got to tell me what you got.
1: Very, very sorry. And he just makes, <laughs> he takes a step back and just makes a gesture with a flick of his wrist as in a kind of a come hither and uh that would be me activating <laughs> theft of vitae uh i'm doing a pretty high risk thing but it's it is what it is theft of vitae is when i literally cause a magical seam to open up in an artery and his blood to come out and he is like he's getting the kiss so he for him it's ecstatic and great and uh yeah
0: so you flick your hand and this vein opens up in his throat. And you see just the side of his neck split open and he falls to his knees and tilts his head with a bit of confusion and his hand starts to go up as he gurgles. But then he gets this blissful sort of chilled out, expression on his face almost as if you'd given him a huge dose of morphine and he just falls to the ground blissed out his eyes rolling back and you can feed
1: yeah vince is going to um drain sandy dry because sandy was actually very close to proving that vince had been stealing drugs from the pharmacy. Far closer than Vince would have liked. And he needs to feed. And he might as well get rid of a problem while he's at it. As far as he's concerned, you know, this is the most efficient way for him to resolve this issue.
0: It definitely solves several problems at the same time. So Mm -hmm. you drain this man dry and you feel you feel a little bit different than when you fed the first time because now you know that that was infected blood and this tastes different it tastes clean to you and it's it's a bit heady actually as you reduce this man to an exsanguinated corpse and you are going to take a stain here Because you have intentionally Mm -hmm. murdered someone that you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'll... That will drain one's humanity. But my hunger...
0: (laughs) So your hunger is all the way down to one.
1: Oh boy. I can never go back to zero while infected. Very exciting.
0: But you are feeling a lot more in control than you were earlier. You feel more satiated... You still have a bit of a rumbling in the back of your head that you can't quite ignore ever since you started dreaming anyway. But you feel like you can actually conduct more powerful rituals now without the distraction of your hunger. But you also have the problem of uh, this corpse and no Giovanni to reduce it to ash.
1: That is a thing. This way is both simultaneously cleaner and messier because... None of the blood gets anywhere else, but it does leave the body completely drained. That's not ideal. Vince is now like, I oh, didn't think this all the way through.
0: Well, you can give me a roll to see if you have an idea here. So give me intelligence plus awareness.
1: Five successes, one of which is a ten.
0: <laughs> Alright, so... With five successes, you remember some news stories that you've read. And you also remember that body that you found when you and Katerina were going to the meeting at Marcus's. And you recall that there's a serial killer in t- loose in San Francisco. It's been all over the news. People are anxious. They're worried. There's been bodies found in strange locations. Maybe, maybe you don't have to get rid of the body so much as make it look like someone else's work. Hmm.
1: I think that's all I need to do. Yeah, I don't. I just have to get a reasonable excuse as to what's happened. I don't need to have perfect. It just needs to be people will assume they'll do the rest of the work for me. So he starts um, rearranging Sandy's body. So that it's in a very similar, but not exactly the same position as the one he saw down by the docks. Um, He's now like, now I don't know how they're going to figure out how he's completely drained of blood. But that's going to be a mystery for them. (laughs) He's just like, okay, let's see. And, you know, he turns Sandy's arm so that one is pointed to what? Vince is pretty sure is the north side (laughs) and the other one is like (laughs) pointed to the south and you know he very kind of forcefully turns the hand into being specific gestures the legs are pointed so that while one is south the other is in a kind of a, a standing tree pose so it's like the knee is pointed to what I guess would be the east. And yeah, that's it. He's just like, that looks vaguely occultish.
0: <laughs> so you take some care with how you pose the body so that it might look like a similar piece of handiwork. You think maybe maybe you could cut open the front of his scrubs with your pocket knife and maybe cut some symbols into his abdomen and hmm. you stand back and you look at your handiwork and you think, that'll do. That'll do for now.
1: Yeah. And that'll that'll, and he does another thing. He just does a quick uh, cut across Sandy's neck so that it looks like he was hung up to drain or something, that all the blood was, you know, he was exsanguinated that way. And that, you know, it's not just a body with no st- with no cut marks and no blood. Yeah, he's just like, okay.
0: So you are satisfied with your handiwork, and you can go about the rest of your night.
1: So, spares.
0: Yes. You've got eight mortals that you're definitely going to need for your ritual, now that you're satiated. How are you going mm-hmm. to go about acquiring those?
1: <laughs> How the hell am I going to go about finding eight mortals? <laughs> I just solved the most pressing issue and now I must solve the now most pressing, pressing issue. I think what Vince is going to do isn't something he's very proud of. Is there any specification about the Condition of the, you know, do they do they have to be free of um, illness, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Do they have to be free of chemicals?
0: You assume that they have to be free of whatever drug it is that is they're
1: trying to expunge,
0: getting exposed through. So you're going to want to avoid druggies.
1: Yeah, I don't want to target our normal and Vince-like he finds himself slipping into referring to them. It's it's that messy critical from earlier. He's still referring to them as like I can't go after our normal uh, food stock. He, you know, I can't go after our normal supply lines. Instead of saying, I can't normally, I can't go after the people we normally kill <laughs> or feed on. I'm like, okay, well if there's no existing blood cult or death cult rather, I'm just like Oh geez, I gotta figure this out.
0: Which is very in character for Vince because Vince has never had to think about these things before.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Vince has never had to. Vince has never had to nor wanted to form a death cult on a on a cold November evening.
0: He's also doing it by himself instead of having other Tremere or other powerful vampires mm-hmm. helping him out. So.
1: And he's like, I can't just call Katerina, you know, because he he's aware there's a farm, but he doesn't know about (laughs) what's happened there. And Marcus probably has his own uses for eight people. Uh, He probably wouldn't be too keen to give those up.
0: And it would be very, very much a breach of etiquette, as Vince would know, to take from someone else's domain or from someone else's herd.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've been told not to do that. Um, He's just like, okay, so let's see. (laughs) And he's just like stroking his chin for... Like, obviously, he's left the car park. (laughs) I was like, he's not just standing over a body (laughs) stroking his chin. (laughs) And he's just like, okay, well, where would I go for eight people? Well, I would go back to the hospital and that's too messy and that's too public and there's too many cameras that's the only reason I'm not going there uh, and also because I've been there once tonight and Vince is like I don't want to give up my life just yet even though he's now realizing he has to consider moving on from being Vince <laughs> so he's kind of like maybe I'd have to get and he's like oh but then rich people a lot more resources going to look hunting them down I fuck, do I have to call William William Mallet?
0: <laughs> I mean, you absolutely could just ask him for eight humans.
1: Just like, yeah, I need it, it, no, it's for this thing. I, I need eight
0: humans. <laughs> I mean, he did say that you could call him and ask him for things if you needed them.
1: He, he did say that.
0: He did. And he seems like such a nice man. It's not as scary as Marcus and the others made him out to be.
1: He offered his help. He seems so nice though. <laughs> Marcus made him sound like a psychopath. I found him to be quite charming. I I don't know. Who, I I I don't know how to get these resources. And he's just like takes out the phone. And he calls and he has the card in his uh pocket in his wallet from William mallet and he just takes that out and calls his assistant. Who I believe the card was for.
0: <laughs> Good evening. This is Sophie Shembo.
1: uh hello sophie this is uh this is Vince Markovich from uh from last night.
0: Ah hello Vince
1: uh I have your employer offered uh whatever resources he could assist with yesterday and um I may have to call upon that offer.
0: Very well Monsieur Mallet thought you might be calling soon. She seems a little amused.
1: Vince is internally like, I bet they had a fucking betting pool on it.
0: (laughs) So uh, what do you need and how may I assist you?
1: My requirement is eight persons.
0: Living or dead? Living. As far as you could tell when you met her, she's still human, but she's definitely a ghoul and she does not seem at all phased by your request. It's probably not the worst thing she's heard.
1: I, I think this isn't the worst thing she's ever been asked. It's not even the most people she's ever been asked for. Now Vince is like, now I've, got to, I've got to clarify this very important. You can't just get anybody. They have to not be on drugs. They need to be... While they can be drunk, they need to at least be... Reasonably sober. They can't be high.
0: You want them to be clean?
1: Vince is very hesitant, but he's like. He's gonna have to give his home address. He doesn't have somewhere else to
0: Monsieur Mallet knows where you live. Would you like them sent there or to the hospital?
1: At my home, please. I'll I'll be there shortly. <laughs> It shouldn't be long. I'll be there very quickly and, um. Yes, I'll. I'll be there waiting.
0: It will take a couple of hours for us to arrange delivery, but make sure that you are home and that you have a place to store the livestock. I can do that. You will owe Monsieur Mallet a favor. And you will. Monsieur, repay it
1: internal monologue who am I not going to repay in the future date when I'm called upon he's just like maybe I'll die before I can pay any of the bastards back he's like I will honor my debt
0: oui you will that is very true your delivery will arrive shortly ennui
1: ennui and he he hangs up and he's just like I don't know what that means. Vince's plan is probably not the brightest but the house has a surgery and it's got a spare bedroom so <laughs> he is thinking he might be able to perform the ritual in the surgery if he moves the, the table he should be able to uh, do what is required it should be enough working room as far as he could, by his calculations. As to the time frame, is it something Vince could do in a night, or is it something that would maybe require an extended working time?
0: So you think you could probably do it in a night, but you're smart enough to know at this point, Vince, ...that because you'd be doing this alone without another caster to help you out... ...that it's going to be long and arduous and doing it tonight probably wouldn't leave you a whole lot of time for error. And it might be better overall if you do your prep tonight and then use the entirety of the following evening to cast this ritual... Unless, of course, you're going to go find some poor random kindred out in the street and use them as your uh, guinea pig, I suppose. Or do you intend to just test it on yourself?
1: No, I think this is one of those experiments where Vince's going to be the guinea pig. He he still has some like, for one thing, I don't have time. <laughs> In how cold and analytical he has become for this problem, he's going to take another night. And he's, he's just like, okay, well I've got some morphine in the in the study. in Not the study, in the surgery. I've got some morphine in the surgery. So that might keep them doped up and compliant. I can always zip tie them to railing in the spare room or just on the floor. It'd be very uncomfortable for them. That doesn't matter. Just on the... <laughs> You know, in terms of how he's thinking about things at the moment. I'd like to have an assistant, but I don't think I could drag somebody else into this. It's it's not great. That, so, so yes, that's that's his plan. He's going to take receipt of the components this evening. And he will gag and store them in vivo for <laughs> the daytime. And uh, yeah, he's going to try his best to. Can I have a luck roll for Karen soundproofing the house?
0: No, I don't think you need a luck roll for that, considering uh Karen's proclivities in multiple senses of the word. It's entirely reasonable that she would have at least part of the house soundproofed, especially that uh, surgery in the back of the house.
1: Yeah, and he's like- who knew something she installed for fun sex times would be so useful? All right. Yeah, so he's he's not too worried about the noise. So he's just like a gag and I should put down plastic so they don't ruin the floor. Yeah, so that's what he, Vince is going to do. He's going to go home and lay down <laughs> plastic bags on the on the floor like a serial killer.
0: <laughs> yes, Vince is going to get to have his Dexter moment. As he is setting up his kill room with all of this plastic sheeting and zip ties and all of your instruments of, well, formerly medicine, now of death. And as you finish setting up your little serial killer dungeon down here and go back upstairs, you can hear the sound of a delivery truck pulling up outside your bungalow. And then a moment later, there's a knock at your door. And when you open it, you see the tall, muscular, dark-skinned woman who had been sitting and scowling behind William Mallet at your meeting at the Opticon. She's wearing an Amazon Prime delivery uniform and the truck is well you don't know if it's an actual Amazon delivery truck or if it's just made up to look like one but there are two others you assume vampires wearing delivery driver uniforms as well getting out and getting a trolley out in the back and the woman in the driver's uniform flashes you some teeth a bit of fang to show that she is a vampire definitely not a ghoul And she says, delivery from Mr. Mallet, sign here, please.
1: (laughs) And he just reaches out. He's like, is there actually a pen?
0: Yes, there is a literal pen.
1: Looks her in the eye as he scrawls his signature across the bottom and just like, thank you for your uh, prompt service.
0: And she smiles a very unpleasant, slightly toothy smile at you. And you see the other two vampires unloading a very, very large crate. It looks to be from here, like a large maybe furniture crate. You think maybe if they stacked the bodies on top of each other, there's definitely room for at least eight people in there. Maybe even a little more. And the woman laughs and says, Mr. Mallet supplied a few extras. He thought you might need some wiggle room, so to speak. We trust that you will remember this generosity when you are called upon later. And the two other vampires, wheeling the trolley with the box, sort of push past you. And as they cross your threshold, look back and ask, where you can point them down into the basement towards your murder room and they disappear down the hallway and Tiana just sort of turns around and marches off back to the delivery van as the two other vampires come back with their trolley load up and disappear into the night leaving you with your livestock with your spell components if you will
1: and he's like (laughs) uh All vampires are monsters.
0: Yes, they are all monsters. And you, Vince Markovich, are perhaps feeling a little bit more monstrous yourself. As you go down into the basement, into your surgery, you find that the box has been opened and there are ten humans inside. All different genders and ethnicities, style of dress, age no children, thankfully, just adults. They all appear to be asleep as if they've been knocked out with some very powerful drug. They've been stacked on top of each other and they don't seem to notice whatever's got them unconscious is keeping them that way, at least for a little while. So you take them out of the box, you zip tie them, put duct tape over their mouths, but keep their nostrils clear so that they can breathe. And you have everything all set up for your monstrous ritual tomorrow night. So you can lock the door to your surgery with your spell components inside. And retreat for the evening to finalize your preparations and review your notes. And that is where we will leave tonight's episode. Thank you all for joining us and for listening to the interesting adventures of our favorite tremere. We hope you will tune in next time and find out what happens when this ritual gets underway. Thank you and good night.